A question from Anonymous. Greetings, Luangpo Anan. During one sitting, I noticed how thoughts arise caused by memory and conditioned by perception, ignorance, and craving, views, and opinion. These thoughts don't last. When the mind keeps knowing the in-breath and the out-breath, the mind becomes radiant and bright. Then the mind unifies with the breath as one. At that time, joy arises and is still aware of other sensations going on around it. At that time, I feel like continuing meditating for a long time. I would appreciate Longpore's guidance. Thank you. So we're sitting in meditation. Sometimes we have thoughts arise, memories, or knowledge, proliferation, based on ignorance, craving and attachment. And we might have the mindfulness to see those thoughts, memories, consciousness, that they all have the quality to arise, stay for a little while and cease. This is correct. And it's possible for the mind to become peaceful and bright, radiant, then rapture and happiness can arise. This is from samadhi, a peace and collectedness in the mind. So when this happens, you should sit as long as you can and keep doing this, keep practicing like this until you become proficient in it. The mind becomes peaceful in the samadhi. And then when the mind exits that peacefulness and starts to proliferate, then contemplate according to wisdom, according to truth, that all conditioned formations, the body, thoughts, memories, all of this is impermanent, stressful, and not self. That form is just form, the body is just the body, the mind is just the mind, feelings are just feelings, dhammas are just dhammas. You can see this clearly, can understand it clearly, then you'll see the dhamma. Good evening, Ajahn. I always feel low about myself. I'm not very confident, not intelligent, a slow learner, dumb, and my mind does not work. I tend to get into depression and sleep mode. During childhood, I used to cry a lot since I was not able to keep up with normal curricular activities like the other children. I had to face failure most of the time, so I had to put in a lot of effort in everything. Unable, I'm unable to fight sleep while meditating also, and I'm always tired. It has become a vicious cycle. Please suggest how I can come out of this inferiority complex, this tiredness and sleeping disorder. Thank you so much. Much gratitude and metta. So you have this knowledge and awareness that you are able to accept yourself as you are, and this is good. This shows that you have intelligence. Because someone who's smart if they have this clinging to I'm better, I'm equal, I'm less than, this is clinging to manaditi, or views and conceit. So if you accept how you are, then you're able to fix it. But if you cling to this thought that I, I really am stupid in truth, and this is views and conceit right there, and so if one lacks wisdom and then clings to self in this way, then this isn't the right way. Because in truth, in terms of Dhamma, there's no one there. 
there's no one who's smart, no one who's dumb. Because this issue of being able to remember things, being able to know things, this is just up to differences in the brain. If someone has a well-functioning brain, they can recall things and store knowledge and have intelligence more than other people. But with intelligence, one needs to have virtue as well. Because someone with intelligence can cause a great deal of harm to other people as well. So if someone lacks intelligence, then they should take care of themselves to not harm others, to be established in the five precepts. This is called being intelligent in terms of Dhamma. One might be unintelligent in terms of the world, but intelligent in terms of Dhamma. And one can have more effort than others as well. In terms of sleepiness, if this is the case, one should practice walking meditation, walking and standing meditation. If you're still sleepy while walking, then you can walk backwards. This is able to cure the sleepiness. And so this is also about our karma, our kama. So there's a story of one monk in the time of the Buddha, Venerable Chula Pantaka. He was someone who learned very slowly and he couldn't remember things, couldn't remember uh, teachings that he had learned. And his older brother saw this and recommended that he disrobe because he couldn't remember the teachings. But then Srila Pantaka was able to meet with the Buddha and the Buddha gave him loving kindness and taught him uh, to recite a meditation word while rubbing a piece of cloth to recite that the cloth is dirty, the cloth is dirty, the cloth is dirty. And with this, Chula Pantaka's mind gathered in peace and samadhi. He was able to contemplate, to contemplate that the cloth changed from being a white and clean cloth to a dirty cloth. Seeing this dispassion arose in his mind and he was able to realize full awakening, arahantship, so may you not give up, may you not retreat, may you keep fighting. If you feel sleepy, then walk, and your mind will be able to gather in peace and collectedness doing this. You should also take a look and see, is there some kind of disease of the body involved? Are you not getting enough sleep? Or do you have a sleep disorder? Like, do you wake up in the middle of the night, or do you get not enough oxygen when you sleep? So you can see a doctor and do some tests to see if there's any uh, disease or physical issue involved. Luang Po. A few years ago, my parents had said that once my elder brother returns home, I can choose the monastic life. Currently, my elder brother has returned home, but my family's condition is not good in terms of both Nama and Rupa. So, my question is whether my permanent ordination in developing the paramis uh, will help my family condition in any manner. Uh, kindly advise me on this. Thank you. Question from Anonymous. So the first point here is that you help your family first. Your mother and father, your family, you help with their duties and burdens that are difficult 
to make them uh, better, to improve the situation. This is returning the debt of gratitude to one's parents. Then when the conditions are improved and everything's ready, then you can go ordain for a period of time and meditate, spread loving kindness to your family, that they may be happy to improve their happiness. This is helping them in terms of the mind, but in terms of material livelihood and physical situation, if your mind is really good and beautiful, and then you can do spread loving kindness to them. This can, this is able to help your family improve their situation. But you should understand that in the beginning, your mother and father need help in terms of practical or physical matters first. So you can help with that first. Then when the situation's improved and things are more suitable and ready, then you can come ordain. And if you're planning to ordain for your whole life, then that probably means you have some, some time left or you have sufficient time so you're able to have time to help your family first. Namasakan, paying my respects to Longpo. In a Thailand monastery, I sometimes join the overnight sitting meditation. I tend to lose my object of meditation when my mind is still and fall into a state. Pawang, I think, is the right word in Thai, or Pawanga in Pali. I am in the correct upright posture and neither asleep nor awake. I felt very fresh after the meditation, but I don't remember where I was. I know it is a waste of time to be meditating in this state. I am rather apprehensive now to meditate for long hours. I would be grateful for Longpo's advice to prevent this and be able to hold on to my object of meditation when my mind has become still. Thank you, Longpo. Jenny from the UK. So this occurring when you meditate all night long, so this shows that the body requires rest. So the mind falling into the bawanga state that you mentioned when you're doing your meditation, the mind goes to the bawanga state, the mind's very still, very quiet, you're still sitting upright, you're not sleeping, but you're not, uh, but you're not awake with awareness either. So this is, we could say, a type of rest, the uh, mind in the Bawanga state. So don't be sad or disappointed about this. For the mind to have knowing and awareness all night long, you just can't do that. The body needs rest. Usually one would get five or six hours of rest in a night, perhaps. And then when you get up, the mind is fresh and awake. And so when you do this, the mind goes into the Bawanga state and you're not aware of anything. So this is a way to rest the mind. And when the mind exits that state, then you feel fresh and awake and uh, refreshed. So this is a way to get rest for the mind to refresh itself. And then when it comes out of that state, you can continue with your meditation practice. So for the mind to be with the meditation object all day, all night, continuously, you just can't do that. You need to rest the mind. Then after resting, then you can meditate again. 
So it's not a waste of time, and you shouldn't be afraid of this happening. There's no need to fear it. Dear Luangpur, I am reducing the amount of material objects in my home because I am no longer attached to them, and it causes stress to have too many things. However, my older mother has given me many material things that I do not want, such as too much jewelry, Buddhist amulets, toys, and books that are sentimental to her, but not to me. She requested that I never donate or sell them and to pass them on to her grandchildren. This makes me unhappy because it is a burden for the rest of my life, and I do not want to also burden my children. I plan to later donate or give away these items if my children do not want them. Usually, I am silent about my plans, but one time I told her that I did not want something and that I will end up donating most things in her home after she passes. This caused my mom to become very upset and disappointed. Have I been an ungrateful child, and how to skillfully handle this situation? If I end up donating or selling her items, is this an unskillful act that is bad karma? Thank you for your advice. So this is about uh, beloved objects, things that are uh, objects of concern for your mother. So don't say things that hurt her feelings or hurt her heart. Because these kind of things that one wants to give to one's children or grandchildren, whether it's a lot or a little, sometimes just just a little thing, we might feel like it's something very small or insignificant, but it might have a great amount of value to the parent who's giving it. They might place great value on it. Perhaps it's something from their own parents or grandparents that they value a lot. So when you receive these types of items, then then don't hurt the feelings of the person giving it. What you said already has already happened, so you can just let that go. But try not to say something like that again. Just express gratitude and thanks to her and then just uh, put it down or let it go in your mind. And in terms of your own possessions, then this is your own Dhamma practice to let these things go. But things that come from your mother, then you should keep them and take care of them well. You can put them in a cabinet or a cupboard somewhere, and it's not a burden on you then. The thing that's burdensome is thinking that you want to get rid of it. So it's really the thought that's heavy, not the object. So don't carry it around in your heart. Just put it in the cabinet or drawer and uh, put it down in your own mind. Later when your mother dies, then you can uh, manage it as you see fit. Never mind about that. But right now, she's still alive. So practice not to hurt her feelings, but to help her feel happiness in, in relation to her children and grandchildren. So we can continue now to meditate together until 9.30. Dio pavana gandhanakam.